Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news paper since 1971. Welcome to the Ben Jarofsky Show for your Tuesday, March 9th. It's just moments away, but before we do this, let's thank our sponsors for sponsoring the show. Sponsors like SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, our sponsors, as well as the Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, how to think politically. So many questions will be answered if you go to ChicagoReader.com. Subscribe. Also, become a bin head. That's what we call avid fans of our program. Are you a bin head? No? Well, become one. ChicagoReader.com slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. Find out how you can help the Ben, uh, the ben Jarofsky Show. Subscribe, become a binhead, and rumor has it, when you become a binhead, you will get a deal on the brand new book from our very own Ben Jarofsky. It's true. Ben Jarofsky has a book out. It's his greatest hits. From over 40 years of journalism with the Chicago Reader. Boy, it's a thick read, but it's a good read. The Jarofsky's Greatest Hits, chicagoreader.com forward slash J-O-R-A-V is in victory, S-K-Y. How you feeling today, Ben? Feeling pretty groovy, man. Oh, groovy. Interesting. Feeling groovy. But I have a, I, have, I, I think I must smash the fourth wall. Okay. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I'm, no more sound effects after that. Um, you met, you sent me that great uh, email, which I read, and now I can't find it. So I'm just going to have to, uh, what's the word, paraphrase it from memory when we get to that. If something happened to the email you sent me, it's no longer on my phone. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> that's, that's what I was doing, like frantically. Where did this thing go? All right. Well, you do have a song of the day. It is from Frank. It is Bang a Gong, Get It On by T-Rex. Not a fan of this song, Frank. No. I must confess. I remember when it was popular back and I want to say 1971. I found it exceedingly annoying. And every now and then I hear it on the oldies radio. Bang a gong, get out. That's how the song goes. Oh, that was it. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bang a gong, get it on. Wow, wow, wow. All right. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Tuesday, March 9th, and live from my apartment and his attic, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, we're talking General Iron with Oscar Sanchez. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello everybody, Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this MAGA Returns Tuesday. And here's why. Great weekend. You have a great weekend, T. Wait a minute. I heard it from a little birdie, chirp, 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 that someone went to Red Lobster this weekend. Could that someone been have been you? Yeah, that was me. I went to Red Lobster this weekend. It was great. Fantastic. 
And while you were at Red Lobster, were you singing Red Lobster for the seafood lover in you? No, believe it or not, was not singing that song that you've been singing all day ever since I told you that I went to Red Lobster. Dennis told me this. I said, D, what'd you do this weekend? He goes, I went to Red Lobster and then boom, into my head came that song. And it's been in there ever since. And Frank, no, Bang Gong cannot drive it out of my mind. I have a quick question, D. I'm asked you this before, but so I've not been to a restaurant since the week. Oh my goodness, February was in 2020. So everybody properly distance at restaurants these days. Like they do, they have vacant tables. Oh yeah. Uh, to- Everyone was spaced out. We all had masks. Then when it was time to eat that lobster, boy, give it, get this mask off me. <laughs> Uh, well, my time will come, ladies and gentlemen. I will. I will be at Red Lobster too. Just gotta. I'm not going until I get that vaccine. Sorry, I'm an old guy. That uh, that this uh, this virus could be lethal to me. Anyway, I had a great weekend too. I watched Serial Mom. I want to thank Frank for the recommendations. Oh wow, Waters. really? Yeah, I love. Oh, I used to watch Serial Mom all the time. It was always on Cinemax. It, great, great movie. Uh, I saw. Well, you know what's funny? I saw it back. Oh, this is how old I am. D. I actually saw it when it came out in 1993. But, I, you know, I just had a vague memory of it. And uh, Frank mentioned it in a text. So I said, you know what? I'll check it out from uh, Netflix. And, dude, it was it, – it's hard to explain how good it is. The, John Waters is a freaking genius. He's so subversive. He's so snarky. He's such a wise ass. But he really just shows what the frauds we all are with this like little suburban exterior that we people have. And Kathleen Turner, Sam Waterson, Patty Hearst. Excellent flick. I urge uh, everybody to go run, run, run and find it wherever you can and watch it. I know I'm recommending a movie from uh, the early days of the Clinton administration. Anyway, woke up to realize I had not been vigilant. Let me explain. I've been doing a lot of local stories lately for the reader. I've been writing columns about TIFFs and the city's budget games. And then this the one I just recently did about General Iron moving to the south side from the north side. If you're out of town, we're going to take the deep dive in this. We're going to explain how Chicago works, folks. You got some noisy, obnoxious metal processing, shredding operation. And powerful real estate interest says it's too loud, it's too noisy, we need to get rid of it because we want this area for to make even more money developing. I know, let's move it to the salsa. Anyways, I've been obsessed with local issues. I hadn't been paying attention to MAGA. And so I woke up this morning and what did I see looking into my window? The MAGA monster. The MAGA monster returns, ladies and gentlemen. MAGA lost the election. Donald Trump's forces in the Republican Party, now known as MAGA, they lost the election. Then they denied they lost the election. Then fired themselves up around the notion that somehow or other Trump won when he lost. But then, just to make sure that they didn't lose any more elections that they were denying they lost, They started passing laws in states all over the country to deter black people from voting. Yes, that's MAGA's main takeaway from the 2020 presidential race. Not that they had a lousy messenger, a frightening messenger, I would say, and that they lost by over 7 million votes. No, no, no. Their message is if we can just keep black people from voting, we will win and we will rule and we will crush unions and destroy the environment and send women to back alleys for abortions and put gay people back in the closet and give tax giveaways to the rich. Mag is funny in this way. They shine a spotlight on any black person who supports them. And then they work overtime to make sure that the vast majority of black people cannot vote. Specifically in the state of Georgia, which as I I know you all know, went for Biden and then elected two, count them, two Democratic senators to tip the Senate to the Dems. Georgia's about to pass a bill that's clearly intended to keep black people from voting. Most One of the most bizarre bills I've ever seen, the provisions in this bill, one of the provisions is trying to undercut the effort by black churches to organize their con- congregant, congregation to vote. 
Many black churches had souls to polls Sundays where people would go to church and then go vote together. Early voting. The new law would limit souls to polls to one Sunday a month. Why? No real reason other than it might deter black people from voting. Can you imagine if the Dems had proposed a bill that would in any way make it more difficult for white evangelicals to vote? Oh, my God, they'd be howling in the rafters about how anti-religious the Dems are. Take the Christmas out of Christmas. But if it's black churchgoers, different story. They also are going to limit the number of drop boxes on the grounds that that would deter people from voting. I mean, it's like some voter will say, wait, you mean I have to walk like an extra drive an extra three miles to drop off my ballot? Oh, that's it. I'm not voting. And then this is the weirdest one. They're preventing people from offering water and snacks to folks waiting in line to vote. I thought I read, what possible explanation could they have for passing a law that makes it illegal to give somebody waiting in line a bottle of water? And their reason, it's intended to keep people from bribing voters to vote for their candidates. I'm like, wait a minute, MAGA. You think that black voters in Georgia voted for Biden over Trump because someone gave them a bottle of water? Like Donald Trump didn't do most of the dirty work to lose black votes himself? The Republican Party is insane, people but they play to win and to win, they will do whatever it takes. The mega monster has returned. We got a great show today, everybody. Oscar Sanchez will be here. He's not a mega monster and he's not afraid of mega. He's one of the general iron activists. He was a hunger striker. Uh, he was one of the activists who uh, rallied around the cause of keeping general iron from moving from the North side to the South side. We'll explain what it's all about. It's an intricate story about politics, economic development, how Mayor Rahm acts. <laughs> yeah, this all went down. This all started with Mayor Rahm and how Lori Lightfoot's not exactly the most vigilant uh, mayor when it comes to protecting uh, environmental issues on the southeast side. Anyway, plenty of uh, conversation with Oscar Sanchez, the one of the general iron activists. But before we do that, the young man from home. The man that Oscar Sanchez and Lori Lightfoot agree is called Dr. D with the news. How's it going, everybody? Uh, Doogie on the live stream chat. Cereal mom. It's uh, not about the breakfast food cereal. It's S-E-R-I-A-L. Cereal mom. So yes. Just to clarify that. As in cereal killer. <laughs> As in cereal killer. <laughs> All right, my name's Dennis. Before we go any further, uh, Ben, we have voicemails to play. It's Whoa. true. It's true. You can call the Red binge. What? Red Lobster for the seafood lover in you? Oh, oh my God. We we're still talking about Red Lobster, huh? <laughs> it's true. You can call the Ben Jarosky Show, 708-658-4788. That number again is 708-658-4788. We love playing voicemails here on the program, all right? Uh, we've been getting quite a few lately, and that is awesome. Let's keep that trend going. Leave the Ben Jarofsky Show a voicemail. You can prank call us. It's fine. We may not play it. We may. I don't know. Just leave us a voicemail. We would love to hear from you. 708-658-4788. All right, let's play the voicemails that we received over the weekend. Uh, our first voicemail comes from a fella named Matt. We haven't heard from Matt in a while. Okay. Mm -hmm. Kind of a funny guy. So let's hear from Matt. Uh, thank you, Matt, for reaching out to us. Uh, I guess uh, he's uh, upset with Texas. So let's hear Matt. Ah, what are we going to do with Texas? Honestly, what are we going to do with Texas? I mean, they're releasing masks. Uh, they're dropping mask mandates. Next thing you know, Florida's going to be doing it because, no, oh, let's be honest, Florida is the buck crack of America. Uh, not the armpit, the buck crack. Uh, I just, I, I, I like to think of what Dusty Rhodes would say in this situation. He's talking about the common man. Well, the common man is tired of politicians making stupid mistakes. 
And yes, we just did pass Broder release. <laughs> but the fact that it took so long is ridiculous. Why do we keep putting these people in office? Please, Dennis, please, Ben, tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> in your friendly neighborhood transforming man. And I uh, hope you guys have a great day. And uh, thank you very much, Matt. I w- I'm with you there, Matt. I, uh, the state of Texas, very bizarre state. Uh, we've talked a lot about Texas on the show recently. Uh, when the their their freak winter war- weather they got uh, to put the state without electricity, uh, without water, and then they blamed uh, try to blame the whole thing on the Green New Deal. It's the Republicans who rule Texas are so ideological. Uh, and so dedicated to a certain ideology that they won't bend in any practical way. And this is one of my favorite themes. You know, the inability of Republican the Republicans to make any kind of concession whatsoever has led me to to conclude that it's not even worth your while to try to reach an accord with them. We were talking about this with David Ferris. We had a lengthy conversation with David Ferris, political science professor, one of our favorite guests was on the show. We dropped it this weekend. And it's just just in the aftermath of the the Senate, I think it just passed when we had our conversation, uh, the bailout, uh, the, the stimulus bill, and not one Republican vote. Not one Republican vote. And, and Biden's moving to the center to appease Joe Manchin uh, and Kirsten Cinema from Arizona, the two uh, Joe Manchin, the senator from West Virginia, two Democratic senators who are centrist, moving to the center to uh, appease them, and no, even not one Republican is accepting uh, that peace offering, if you will, from uh, Joe Biden. So, Matt, they absolutely cannot depend on them. They see strategically, and this has been the way, uh, this has been the fact since Obamacare, that their best political strategy is to battle Democrats no matter what the issue is. You rally their base uh, in opposition to the Democrats and then take advantage of the benefits that the Democrats pass on the, your behalf and then use those benefits against them in a coming election. It's one of the most cynical games I've seen in a long time, and I'm with you. There's really nothing to do it. Oh, boy, uh, Abbott was the, the governor of Texas. So bizarre. This, the image has been uh, going all over the Internet. Uh, apparently, he takes very seriously the, the threat of the virus. So he has this press conference where he announces that all mask requirements are gone. It's, there's no need to have mask requirements anymore. And then when it's over, he puts his mask on. <laughs> it's so weird. It's like the reverse of Gavin Newsom in California, the Democrat who says we must be vigilant. We must close restaurants. We, we must wear masks. And then he goes and has a party at the French Laundry. Nobody's wearing a mask. They're, they're all sitting around a table together. It's the opposite of that. It's a freaking D. No wonder this country is incapable of dealing with COVID. We're all insane. Anyway, thank you for that message, Matt. All right. Thank you very much, Matt. Be like Matt. Reach the Ben Jarofsky Show, 708 658 4788. Well, we had another listener reach out to us. And, well, Ben, we have some sad news mm. from Doogie on the mm. live stream chat. Yes. <clears throat> Breaks the sad news to us. Is that water good, by the way? Yeah, it's delicious. Oh, right. It's absolutely good. You want some? No, not at all. all this right. would be like cereal mom. Some remember the one he did, John Waters did, where you could like smell it. It they were smells in the movie theater. Anyway, virtual drink the water. Hey, here's Doogie. Hello. Absolutely heartbreaking. Heartbreaking news. <laughs> da, 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 da. Old Country Buffet, the parent company of Old Country Buffet. Hometown Buffet, Ryan's Buffet, and a place called Furs. He loves buffets. And no, it's not Meek. The parent company has officially shut down the whole entire brand and chain. There is no more buffet. RIP to OCB, 1983 (laughs) to 2021. 
That is devastating. <laughs> we have a heartbroken listener today, Ben. I kind of share his heartbreak. I uh, I think I must have mentioned this a few times in the show, D, without remembering it. You know? <laughs> Been in the attic a long time. We're starting to forget the things I've mentioned. Huge fan of Country Buffet back in the day. I get so excited. Oh, Country Buffet! Love the chicken. Just like... Okay. And the macaroni and cheese. Oh, man, just... You know, it's kind of hard to, like, really... Like, when you go to one of those uh, buffets, it's like you kind of really pace yourself but not me <laughs> i have this fear that it'll shut down so i you know, really unfounded fear anyway probably for the best it's gone out of business uh d because it, it wasn't healthy for me i would eat so much of the macaroni and cheese. Oh, this macaroni and cheese is delicious it's not good for me d not good for my health country buffet Doogie, you rest in peace we're very sorry for your loss Doogie. <laughs> and me too <laughs> Yes, you can call the Ben Jarofsky Show, and there is a good chance we will play your voicemail. Oh, pencils. Uh, there's a good chance we will play your voicemail just like we did from Doogie and also, who's that other one from again? Matt. Matt, yes, Matt. Be like those Man. guys. Call us up, 708-658. What's that? Said so you're too young to be so forgetful. Oh, yeah. Listen to all the other stuff I remembered before the show. Plug the book. <laughs> Come a bin head. Come on. All right. So uh, call the Ben Jarosky show. We would love to hear from you. That would be great. All right. Great local news. Let's do it. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. We begin in Illinois and we begin with Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. The enemy is you. How rude. <laughs> Today, the governor was at the United Center and Ben, no, he wasn't there to play basketball. Wasn't there to play hockey either. He was there for an update on the United Center now being a mass COVID-19 vaccination site. Uh, I have some audio from J.B. Pritzker. Like to hear it? Here it go. Um, that we're going to be in this for months, for months. Um, and we don't know how long the vaccines last. We don't know if you're when you're vaccinated, will you have to get vaccinated once a year or will it be once every two years or, or perhaps a shorter period of time? We still don't know that. Um, we need to continue to have testing all across the state. Well, that wasn't too promising, was it? <laughs> no, sounds pretty bleak. <laughs> uh, do you have any more? Uh, well, we have a funny GB. moment. Well, anything you'd like to say there? We do have a funny moment to play from the press conference. But well, uh, I uh, yeah, I, I sh the frustration I've ex been experiencing over the United. States, I was very excited about the United Center uh, test uh, vaccinations because if I viewed it as my uh, my turn. Okay, for some reason, my insurance, uh, my hospital doesn't. Do, I I don't know. They don't do vaccines. They do them, but somehow or other they don't. I've not been uh, sent an email. Walgreens, uh-uh, negatory, you know. But the, the United Center responded. They gave me uh, an appointment, D, at the end of the month. I was so excited. Finally, I'm going back. The first of two, the second one comes in. I'll be ready to rock and roll. I'm going to go to a restaurant. And then I got these emails over the weekend. It was so weird. Uh, we're going to have to change your appointment from 930 to 3 o'clock. Okay. All right. I don't know why, but okay. And then about an hour later, D, I get an email, same outfits uh, from the United Center saying, disregard the previous message about changing your appointment. So I'm like, what do I do now? And it's not like you can call somebody. You know what I'm saying? There may be like a 1-800 number, which is just 1-800-HELL. <laughs> we just sit on hold for like two hours. So it's like, I'm just going to show up at nine, nine o'clock, whatever. I'm, I'll probably be there all day. Hey, maybe we should do the show as a remote from the United Center. Can you imagine that <laughs> in the parking? It's not even in the United Center. It's the parking lot. Anyway, very frustrated. I do not and will never understand why our country. I do understand. I do understand capitalism and uh, the um the idiocy of the Trump administration. I do understand, but I, I, what I won't understand is why we tolerate it, why we've made such a mess out of such a basic, just such a basic obligation. And D, you know what? S most people I talk to, they don't see it the way I do. Like, 
if you got the vaccine, it's almost like you're, you you feel compelled to defend the system. Like the guy who doesn't have the vaccine did something wrong. Well, I got the vaccine. What's your problem? You know, that's that attitude. It's like a very Chicago attitude. Apparently it's pervasive. And then I said, should be, I'll have these discussion with my friends. I'm like, you know, who are liberals? And they'll, I'll be like, well, what we should do is nationalize the whole thing and work around the clock to make sure absolutely everyone gets the vaccine right now. Like why put it out in dribs and drabs? And then all my friends will turn in the lawyers. Well, that would be a violation of the law. You can't do it. You would have to pass a law. <laughs> oh my God. They're just passing a law in Georgia right now that makes it illegal to give somebody a bottle of water if they're waiting in line to vote. One of the most bizarre laws ever. And yet, pass a law to make sure that everyone gets a vaccine? Oh, I can't do that. The weird stuff that we put up with this is country people. I don't get it. You know, deeds. I've. it's like, I'm, I'm starting to think I'm too hard on Chicago. Because all these years I've been writing about Chicago and the foolishness of the Chicago voters and how they put up with all the corruption and all the ineptitude and the just the inability of their government to function in an open and transparent way. They put up with it. They tolerate it. And I acted as though it was only Chicago. Now I'm realizing it's the entire country. So anyway, yeah, I'm a little frustrated. I know JB's happy. He's at the United Center. You know, he got his vaccine, right? The rest of us, <laughs> we're in a boat. There's a hole in the boat, and it's sinking. But don't worry. If you could just bail out the water long enough, you'll get your vaccine. When's that appointment for you to get it again? It's a Monday. I had it on a Monday. Hmm. Made it on a Monday because they didn't want to interrupt the show. How about that, D? Am I looking out for the show or what? So it's the last March, uh, last Monday of March. I think it's March 29th. Oh, yeah. That's my mom's birthday. It's, you know what? Good things happen on that day. March 29th. All right. Uh, Frank weighed in on the live stream chat. He says, I'm getting vaccinated Friday on March 19th. Oh, well, rub it in, Frank. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Proves my point. <laughs> no one likes a braggart, Frank. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm happy for you, Frank. I'm happy for everyone who had vaccinated. I don't get it wrong. I'm not hating on the people who got vac vaccinated, okay? It's just like. You guys don't have to rub it in my face. Like, I got vaccinated. Feeling really good, Ben. <laughs> I got vaccinated so long ago, my arm doesn't hurt anymore. <laughs> That's the other thing I'm really afraid of. The everybody tells me your arm really hurts. I don't know if you've heard this, but the arm really hurts. I'm like, oh my god, my arm's gonna hurt. So, but you know what? I'm gonna do that show on Tuesday. Oh yeah. You watch it here. <laughs> I'm brave like, saw. The Iron Man of podcasts. Hey, here's something silly. It's almost been a year since the flag has been at half staff. And, you know, when we were kids, we didn't have cell phones, the Internet. We would know if somebody significant passed away when the flag was lowered. Yeah. Uh, when are you going to be raising it? Because now, you know, we had five COVID deaths in the entire state yesterday with its good news. Our positivity rate is below 3%. Yeah. Uh, what's the metrics that you're using in order to raise the flag? Well, let's start with I. I didn't realize you were old enough that you can't. You can remember a time before cell phones. Yes. Um, uh, so that's uh, that's that's helpful for me to, to be able to measure my own age against. Uh, He's got jokes, guys. <laughs> Wait, who? <laughs> you got to give JB credit, man. You know how I feel. I, I, you know I'm loving JB these days, D. You know that, right? You know. It's like everybody hates him. I love you, JB. I'm I'm with you. Okay. Yeah, I didn't vote for you. Don't hold it against me. But I'm with you. Everybody loves Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. I love the mayor. Ben, can't you jump on the bandwagon? He was sounding like <laughs> you a little bit there. <laughs> JB's been listening to the show. You know, you know, his favorite part of the show is when you do the bottle thing, breaking news. He's like, hold it. I love it when he does the bottle. And he also loves it when you go to the newsroom. I didn't tell you this. JB loves the newsroom. Okay. Really? Yes, he goes there. But wait, who, uh, help me out here. Who was asking the question? Oh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let's raise the flag. 
<laughs> Governor, anything you'd like to say? The enemy is you. Oh, okay, Ben, you said he was a fan. I don't. That doesn't sound like a fan. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the collective you, like oh, everybody. Okay. Yeah. Right. But we've been playing that bit for so long. I don't know where it's from. It's sort of like the Lori Lightfoot thing. I will take your car. I have no idea what she was. <laughs> All right, so now on to what happened Monday. The governor signed a new bill into law. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Rachel Hinton. From early childhood through college years, all Illinois students will be able to receive what state legislators promise will be a more fair and inclusive education. After Governor J.B. Pritzker on Monday signed a, quote, bedrock pillar of the Illinois Legislative Black Caucus agenda. The governor said the bill, quote, really does raise up our children everywhere in the state and advances equity in a way that we can all be proud. Uh, Dubbed the Education and Workforce Equity Act, it includes expanding access to the state's early intervention program, adds some graduation requirements in computer literacy, A foreign language or laboratory science expands the required black history coursework to include the pre-enslavement of black people and establishes a 22-person inclusive American History Commission. Well, I'm all for the passage of the bill. I would have voted for it uh, enthusiastically. And thank you, Governor Pritzker, for signing it. At the risk of sounding like a Debbie Downer, Oh, boy. So here we at, go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I mean, this bill is coming. Um, this bill is happening at the same time that the state is not contributing the $350 million to education uh, funding uh, that we thought was required by law when they passed the bill back in 2018. Or was that 2018? I think it was the summer before. Uh, Bruce Rauner ran against J.B. Pritzker, and we're not passing and not spending that money because we don't have the money, uh, and we don't have uh, we don't have that money because the fair tax was defeated, so we couldn't raise taxes on the wealthiest people, uh, and uh, there's less money coming into the state coffers because of the pandemic. Fewer people are working, uh, and um, so maybe there'll be some relief coming from the federal government that'll enable us to make these contributions as thanks to the Democrats in the Senate and the House. No thanks to you Republicans since none of you voted for it. So uh, I'm a little disappointed that we don't have that money, but really, I don't know what Pritzker is going to do politically. If Pritzker had raised taxes, the overall rate on taxes to make good on these obligations to education, he would be getting ripped by Republicans right now from Carbondale to Waukegan. How about that, D? I did that. I did the whole state. Carbondale in the south, Waukegan in the north. He'd be getting ripped. They'd be pounding him. He's raising the taxes just like we told you. So, again, I, this is kind of a theme of today's show. Republicans are absolutely worthless for anything practical, for anything pragmatic. They feel as though they are free to vote no because they know that eventually the Democrats will do the dirty deed, raise the money they need to fund government, and then they can run against them. A very strange system of government we have. One party is the party of no. So Pritzker's holding off because, you know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna turn myself into a target for you. I'm not raising the taxes. So now he's got this initiative uh, that he signed the bill. And he went to Proviso East High School, I think, D in Maywood. Wow. Uh, yeah, to sign the bill. The bill signing was at Proviso East, and uh, one of the great uh, powerhouses in high school basketball. I know you know that. Uh, and he had the bill signing there, and I just had to shake my head because it would have been a lot nicer. Uh, if on top of that, you could have uh, made that $350 million payment. But we have a, a, a crazy system of government right now where one party, half the country really, is saying, nope, we don't feel compelled in any way to meet the basic obligations of government. So good luck, J.B. Pritzker, taking the hit for raising taxes. Here's Governor Pritzker from yesterday on the bill. 
The Education and Workforce Equity Act amplifies our common priorities in delivering high-quality learning from cradle to career, supporting our P-12 schools, making college education more affordable, investing in vocational training, and expanding the teacher workforce. And to do all of that with a heightened focus on the children and the communities who have historically been left with less. Yeah, I view it sort of as an unfunded mandate right now because they don't have the money to back it up. But again, uh, Pritzker's budget counters like Lori, uh, uh, excuse me here, bean counters like Lori Lightfoot's at City Hall are getting ready for that federal money to come in. They'll be singing a different tune, D, when the federal money comes in. They'll see what, how much it is exactly and, you know, how much will cover education expenses. You watch. We'll have a fight in the city council. Uh, I'm sure Lori will be putting as much as she can over at the police department. Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot. So, uh, yeah, this is an ongoing process. We talked about this when we I talked about the budget. Uh, a budget address that occurs in, what, is it January, February, whenever it is, uh, by uh, Governor Pritzker is essentially, and this one was what we called a, a punt. He was putting off until uh, down the kicking the can down the road, putting off until later when he uh, had to make uh, hard decisions. And those hard decisions would be based on whether certain contingencies came through. And one of the things they're really expecting is that federal dollars to come in. They're also hoping uh, that the economy uh, picks up a little bit as uh, presumably uh, the pandemic uh, lessens its chokehold. So, um, yeah, that's the game that's going on, D. All right. Moving on to the news in the city of Chicago. And, you know, we mentioned earlier that you can call the Ben Jarofsky show. It's true. And fortunately for all of you listening, at least one of us here on this team is, you know, caught up with the times. You can email the Ben Jarofsky show as well. Mm. It's true. Benny J show at gmail.com. Jeff, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J, show, at gmail.com. Jeff tried emailing us recently, and he was having a bit of bad luck about it. So just try it one more time, Jim. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J, show, at gmail.com. Ben, we actually received an email over the weekend uh, talking city politics. Isn't that right? It was an outstanding email, and I thought, I remember I was like baffled at the start of the show. What happened to that email? Well, I found it. All right. Thank God. <laughs> Uh, and so the email writer has requested anonymity. Uh, so I will not read the writer's name other than to say, this is a great email. I want to thank you for writing it. Uh, the email writer, let's just call the email writer, Billy Bob. Cause so I can have something Billy Bob, hey, Billy I, want Bob. Thank you for writing. <laughs> I want to thank you for writing this. This is a great email. Uh, you'll clearly really follow Chicago politics and know your stuff. Uh, and I'll read, it's a long email. I'm just going to read, uh, the opening. Uh, so, uh, people get a sense of what Billy Bob has to say. So here we go. Hi, Ben. Hope you're well. My husband and I are millennials, longtime fans of your work and fellow lefties, not liberals. Yes. Not a liberal. I'm a lefty <laughs> Friday. I heard your coverage of mayor, uh, Lightfoot. Uh, criticized by Alderman Maria Haddon, uh, Alderwoman Maria Haddon, for going her own way on progressive issues. Yet as a Rogers Park resident who supports groups with the uprising for racial justice and against police misconduct last summer, fresh in my mind is Alderwoman Haddon herself going her own way against progressives last year as one of four progressives approving the mayor's austerity budget, including the $1.7 billion police budget. Uh, I'd love to hear more covered on that for the context of where any reform from her is going. And then the, the letter goes on from there to be far more specific. And I will say this. Alderwoman Maria Haddon, like Alderman Andre Vasquez, were two of the lefties in the Chicago City Council. I think they ran as Democratic Socialist that voted with the mayor. And uh, I talked to Andre Vasquez about this. Uh, I have not talked to Alderwoman Maria Haddon about uh, uh, It's funny, I haven't had a conversation with her in a while. I guess I should reach out to her. Uh, but uh, Vasquez, his uh, explanation was that he felt that he and uh, Alderwoman Haddon had effectively moved Lori Lightfoot to the left, that she would even be more to the right if it wasn't for them. And the accords that she made 
the accommodations, I should, should say, that she made to appease uh, himself and Maria Haddon were more than enough to warrant that he vote for her. And they didn't want to be known as just the no voters. And this is a funny thing. Like, um, the traditional way of portraying the left in the city council, there's, I think, there, again, there's like six of them, six Democratic Socialists. The mainstream media is picking up on this, D. I saw the Tribune ran a big story this weekend. <laughs> like, they just discovered there's leftists in the city of Chicago. Be concerned about it. But most of them wear ties and look very presentable, so they shouldn't be too frightening. So they had pictures like Jeanette Taylor and Andre Vasquez. I think Maria Haddon was on there. It's like the Tribune introducing leftists to their readers. They're very concerned, Democratic. <laughs> and trains did the same thing. Meet the Democratic Socialists in the city council. It's always funny when the uh, mainstream media discovers the left. And then, you know, like these weird creatures of the left. Oh. Do they have wings? Do they have horns? No. They look normal like the rest of us. Back to you in the studio. Anyway, mainstream media has discovered that we have leftists. And the leftists are generally viewed as the party that just will never, you can't get them to agree to anything. They're just unrealistic impractical they're like commies you know they they always like they use carlos ramirez rosa like that's what they're like who wants to be like him and then the other like the good lefties like maria Haddon and andre vasquez you can deal with them and so like you know so these lefties feel like compelled to like i, I can get along I, i'm i'm not gonna you know I can get, I remember when uh, Sue Garza, Sue Sedlowski Garza, 10th Ward, who's moved way to the center. <laughs> we'll be talking about that with Oscar Sanchez, one of the general, general iron activists later. But uh, when she was first elected in 2016, I remember uh, 2015, excuse me, Mayor Rahm called her an office into his office. And he says, I don't want you to make this a circus. <laughs> she goes, what am I, a clown? Thought that was pretty funny. But this notion, this like stereotype that Chicago has of leftists is kind of funny. And so leftists feel compelled. No, I'm I'm a reasonable human being. I could vote against my interests. So yeah, there's that pressure. And then like all the people who voted for the Andre Vasquez's or the Maria Haddon's or the Jeanette Taylor's or the Carlos Ramirez Rosas or the Rosanna Rodriguez Sanchez, all the people who voted for these real leftists because they wanted to be lefties get irritated if a lefty moves to the center. So this is balancing act. And the reality is that when it comes to police spending, that one issue, the leftists of Chicago are so far outside of the mainstream. They really are. It's just like inconceivable. They're asking for cuts in a police budget. And I've had this conversation with every single one who comes on the show advocating it. Respectful conversations, might add, D. Rosanna, Rosanna uh, Carlos, all of them. You guys realize, of course, that most voters want more police. So they're ahead of the curve, I think. I think they raise a lot of good points. There's things that police are doing that are ridiculous that the cops are doing, like dealing with mental health cases or de dealing, with, dealing with domestic crisis. So we could, in a rational, if we had a rational city where people took the time to think things through, you know, talk to all the parties at the table, we could move some of these responsibilities away from the police. But that's not happening anytime soon in the city of Chicago, that's for sure. And one of the complaints uh, that uh, Billy Bob, the letter writer, whose real name is not Billy Bob. Hey, Billy Bob. Uh, <laughs> one of the complaints that Billy Bob registered is how uh, ineffectual the city is when it comes to mental health. And this is so true. This is so across the board. I just saw the paper. I think it was this weekend, D, another police officer committed suicide. You know, why are we not expanding mental health services throughout the city, but it's particularly for police officers? Why this notion that the city has that we don't have to expand, just lip service to it? It's like this weird attitude we have toward mental health. On one hand, 
every now and then when there's a shooting, the Republicans will say, oh, we need more mental health services. They don't do anything for it. City of Chicago. Oh, yeah, we need more mental health services. Then we cut it. It's like it's it's like a uh, you're supposed to be ashamed if you if you need help. So it's like you're embarrassed about it. It's something you do with, you know, you, you have your private insurance pay for it. Nobody should know about it. City's not going to commit money. One of the first things Trump cut were the mental health services. Health department went along with them. Really absurd city that we have here. So, uh, yeah, I, I share the frustration uh, that the left has with where we're at in the city of Chicago. Uh, I really do. And uh, I'm always thinking about, gee, would I, who would I, how would I vote if I were in the city council? Would I be like Carlos, uh, Rosanna, Jeanette? Or would I go the way of, let's say, uh, Maria Haddon or Andre Vasquez? I don't know. First of all, I would never get elected, so it's easy for me to say, but I probably would be a diehard with Carlos. Yeah, you'd be the guy that's always wearing sneakers. <laughs> I don't know about all that other stuff you're talking. You'd be the guy that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine me in the city council with sneakers? <laughs> uh, my Converse All-Stars. Anyway, nice letter. I appreciate that, uh, Billy Bob. I wish you let me use your real name, but I, I won't. It's a fantastic email. Thank you very much, Billy Bob, or whatever your name is. <laughs> Thank you, though, for that email. That was like five minutes of content. How cool was that, huh? We can I read. I could have gone on for another ten minutes. <laughs> we can read your email on the Ben Jarofsky Show, Benny J Show at gmail.com b-e-n-n-y the letter j show at gmail.com you can leave your name or you could be anonymous oh oh my god also jeff hey man nice job you got the email sent to me up top my man you're awesome okay moving on chicago mayor Lori lightfoot i won't just turn the car around I'm going to shut it off, I'm going to kick you out, and I'm going to make you walk home. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Steve, for playing that for me. Do you remember what that's relate? I, what that's from? Yeah, Do you even remember yeah. anymore? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've had this conversation uh, about five times on the show now. Uh, <laughs> conversation number six. It was from uh, people, younger uh, people, people from the ages like 18 to 25 who weren't taking the vaccine seriously or something like that. And she was like, I you know. know, listen, I'm a badass. I'll kick you out of this car or whatever. So weird. And you know what? I got a feeling about two weeks. Dennis, where's that from again? And you'd be like, okay, Number pops. seven. All right. <laughs> it's my coworker, guys. All right. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, just like the governor, the mayor was also at the United Center this morning talking vaccines. So I'm looking now at uh, Dr. Ari. I believe that there are 40,000 people that have signed up so far. Um, and we are assessing um, what the equity numbers look like uh, before we open it up. And we'll uh, give further details later this week um, about how it is that people uh, can sign up. And we and these are dispersed, continuing um, with city, county, and state. Uh, but we are adjusting the numbers based upon what we see um, in terms of the appointments, uh, what zip codes folks are coming from, and other demographic information. You know, as, as the acting administrator said, um, we have to do this in a way that is consistent with equity. And that's critically important. So we are all working together. Our teams are working together on a daily basis and looking at uh, the numbers to make sure that we get that right. I won't just turn the... Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> that was well done. Well done, lady. He's good. He's good. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. And so the show continues. Equity. Equity be if everybody got it. That would be equity. Okay. It's such a joke, D. Those 40,000 people who signed up, they probably all got emails like I did. Uh, you know that appointment you made? Well, you're going to have to change it to a new appointment. And then 15 minutes later, please disregard that last email about changing your appointment. I got a feeling someone's just like taking control of their email account, D, is just messing with us. Uh, let's just mess with their minds a little bit. Here you go. Here we go. Change the appointment. Now, here you go. Disregard that last email. Well, what's it supposed to be? 
I'm not blaming Lori Lightfoot for this one. All right, D. Okay. My friend uh, who got the um, vaccine, who doesn't live in Chicago, a friend of mine, he goes, do you blame Lori Lightfoot? No. I don't blame Lori Lightfoot for this. Okay. All right. I blame her for the Anjanette Young thing. All right. But not this. Okay, D. Spending the $281 million on the police and then pretending like it's uh, insignificant. I blame her for that. But not this. Right, D? Let's get that straight. I don't want an answer. It's not something you ignore. I think you're 100% full of shit, is what I think. If you think we want offense, fuck you then. I'm full of shit. These buttons are like (laughs) jammed or something. I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) Now, would you two just go to your separate corners? All right. And finally, play ball. I guess. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Oh, and Russell Dorsey. Now to the plate, Russell Dorsey. (laughs) Mayor Lori Lightfoot announced on Monday that the Chicago Cubs would be allowed to host fans at Wrigley Field at 20% capacity. Starting an opening day versus those Dirty Pirates! The team will be able to sell 8,274 tickets in pod-style seating arrangements. Oh, doesn't that sound fun? The Cubs had no fans at Wrigley Field during the 2020 regular season and only a handful of team employees, staff, and families of players during the team's two-game series against those dirty Marlins in the postseason. (laughs) Ben, your thoughts. You're pumped, right? Baseball's back. Here we go. I'm a baseball fan. I'm a baseball fan. Not as much of a bat as I am a basketball fan, but I, I enjoy baseball. Not really feeling the Cubs these days, ladies and gentlemen. Hard for me to jump aboard that Cub bandwagon as long as that team's owned by the Ricketts. And oh, wait, you're going to go, well, baby, Ben, there's like a liberal Rickett. Yeah, I don't buy it, okay? Not buying the liberal Ricketts, lady. They, the most of the family's giving money to Donald Trump. Just having a hard time with that. Little Cub fans out there, keep politics out of baseball, Ben. Well, it's hard. Okay. So, uh, so but you know, I still have the White Sox. Very excited about the White Sox. And there's a picture, D. Look at this, huh? My uh, Chicago oh, Sun-Times. Good, good look always. at that picture. Yeah, here's the newspaper. A real newspaper, kiddies. Whoa. And uh, it says, fantastic. Hey, hey. Citing city's progress and fight against COVID, Lightfoot gives Sox and Cubs okay to allow a limited number of fans at games. And there's a picture of Lloyd Lightfoot with a Chicago White Sox baseball cap and a White Sox shirt. Clearly, Lori Lightfoot is a White Sox fan, which is interesting because she lives on the north side. So I thought traditionally north siders are supposed to go for the Cubs. Maybe uh, Lori Lightfoot is holding it against the uh, Cubs because of the Ricketts' political affiliations. I don't understand this, D. Another mixed message. I'm all glad. I'm glad they're doing the baseball. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> here we go. One, two, three strikes here. Oh, um, six feet. Folks, if you can see, the, he was actually six. Singing the the song. We should have organ music just every day backing us up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> me up to the crowd. So help me out here, D. Having trouble with this one. You're my. Uh, the, you're the science expert on this show. Oh wow. What? <laughs> That's bad. I believe you got a better grade in science than i did so you're the expert okay i didn't even make it to like the smart science i never got to chemistry i was in like you know environmental (laughs) science you know what this i know what you're saying about the smart side that makes me the science effort expert because i made it i don't know i'm just gonna go and say we're both idiots but go ahead and throw (laughs) me this question let's bring ken davis on ken davis is the one guest we have who knows science he loves talking about it but help me out. All right, Ken Davis, if you're listening, I need your scientific. Everybody's always like, it's the science. So I'm just going by the science. So explain to me, all oh, scientists out there. And I admit, I'm going to start. I barely passed chemistry. 
I only passed because my chemistry teacher said, God, I'm sick of looking at this guy. I'll give him a D to get him out of this classroom. He can graduate. Explain to me why it's okay to do 8,000 people at Wrigley Field and Sox Park in their little, what do they call it, D? Little cones or whatever, what do they call it? Like pods, okay? But you can't do that at the United Center for hockey or basketball. Now, I know what you scientists out there are saying. Ben, there's a difference. One's indoor, one's outdoor. All you scientists are brilliant. Thank you for saying that. But it's like, okay to go to the Red Lobster? That's indoors. It's okay to go to restaurants and bars with limited seating? That's indoors. But we're drawing the line at the United... What is limited seating? How is limited seating at the United Center any dangerous than limited seating at Wrigley Field? You're not near anyone. What difference does it make? You're wearing a mask. Yeah, Ben, it's, it's, it's as if uh, we just made up all these rules a year ago. <laughs> yes. We're still making them up as we go along. But the part that irritates me, dear, I have to say it, when they make something up that's completely illogical, they feel compelled to say, it's the science. We're going by the science. No, you aren't. You go by the seat of your pants. You don't know what you're doing any more than I do. No, it's the science, Ben. So anyway, I'm really glad that the Cubs and the Sox, I'm looking forward to going to some Sox games. Adolfo, who'll be on the show next week. Come on, let's go to some Sox game. Norm, let's go. Let's go to some Sox game. Come on, Cap. Let's go to some Sox game. Cap's a huge Cubs fan. Miles Porter, let's go to some Sox games. Poor guys, you know, if you don't feel safe, you know, let's just keep it at home. It's fine, right, Ben, you know? <laughs> Everybody will wear masks, but I just don't understand why my beloved Bulls can't, like, have limited seating. Don't understand it, D, but... Again, I just got a D in chemistry, so it's beyond well, Let's me. move on, because we are not scientists. All right, we do have quotes. All right, first up... It's Chicago Cubs president of business operations, Crane Kinney. Crane Kinney says, One of the things that's different from last year to this year, and we use this with MLB as well as the city and state, is now we have some experience with outdoor events. Last year, we were trying to convince the league or the city and state to let us reopen during the season. We didn't have any experience with this, and I think that was somewhat concerning to everyone. So that's what someone who works on a baseball team thinks. Now let's hear from a doctor. Dr. Robert Sintrenberg, an infectious disease specialist affiliated with Advocate Lutheran General Hospital. Here's the quote from this doctor. He says, this plan was many months in the making. Ball game. Sorry, it's got distracted by the song. He said, this plan was many months in the making, and it's really uh, has resolved around understanding the science of transmission of this disease. Knowing what we know about how far the virus can travel, where it lands, the effects that masks have on reducing the spread of the virus, we were able to draft a plan that really is completely science-based. When the NFL had their season, I didn't even know if they would get through it but they were very successfully applied the science of transmission to mitigate any chances of large outbreaks, and it was an enormous success. Ticket holders will receive priority access tickets starting next week. The Cubs will also be doing a raffle for available tickets for the general public in their, quote, Wrigley Field pre-sale access program. Oh, you guys are so lucky. Announced on Tuesday... Other amenities like the Wrigley Field rooftops will be open to fans this season. The rooftops fall under the city's bar and restaurant guidelines. They'll be able to operate at 50% capacity. The rooftops were open to select fans last season. Uh, so, Ben, play ball. Am I right? Yeah. Little, still don't get it. And by the way, the guy from Advocate, that's my health provider. Where's my vaccine? Oh, he's got plenty of time to talk about the Cubs games and White Sox games. Where's my vaccine, Doc? Huh? Sorry, Diaz. A little editorial aside there. I apologize. There you are, everybody. That's our local news. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J. Bonus interviews, and so much more. Over 900 episodes, guys. Damn near 1,000. We're getting there. At ChicagoReader.com and wherever else you download podcasts over the weekend, we had some Benny J. Bonus interviews. You should check them out. Had a great one with Mick Dumkey as well. So go check it out, ChicagoReader.com or wherever else you download podcasts. If you listen on the download, 
join us live sometime, Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time at the Chicago Reader YouTube channel. And, you know, if you're feeling frisky, join the live stream chat. Hang out with Kyle. Hang out with Frank, Jim, Pat Rod, Doogie, Jeff, Ricky Tricky. Got a guy named Ricky Tricky on there. Join all those people on the live stream chat. It's at the Chicago Reader YouTube channel, Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time. All right, we're taking a break, and when we come back, we are going to be talking all things General Iron with Oscar Sanchez. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from my apartment in his attic. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. 